You're listening to the New Artist Workshop. What exactly are you, Professor Ruff, Mr. Logan? Art. Have you tried not being a mutant? to your favorite podcast. Now that's what I call a franchise. I'm Peter Mancuso. And I'm Viviana Metzger. And this is the show where Peter and I pick a film franchise and go through every single installment. The good, the bad, and the ugly. And to be clear, we are defining a franchise as a series of film with at least four entries, okay? So no other combination, <laughs> no books, no trilogies. TV, yeah, no trilogies, no TV shows. It has to be four film entries. At uh, least. At least, minimum, probably going to, you know, the one we're talking about right now, you know, we are in the middle of talking about the X-Men franchise, which has 13, well, 13, not a million, 13. Pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. So what, which film are we talking about today, Viviana? Well, today we are talking about the 2003 film X2, X-Men, oh, excuse me, X2, colon, Colon, X-Men United. Mm-hmm. And this is your one and only spoiler warning. So if you haven't watched the movie, do that before listening. Uh, before we get into anything, Vivian, I think it's just important for our audience to know your current state of affairs. <laughs> what? <laughs> kind of what, what what happened right before we got on. Well, I'm drinking a large glass of coconut <laughs> milk. <laughs> I'm talking about why you're so relaxed. Oh, do we need to tell people that? Yeah, you gotta let them know. All right, I had some... It's not illegal or anything. It's not like... It's not drugs. (laughs) Thank you for clarifying. Well, I mean, it's not like a bad thing. Well, I've been a little anxious lately, um, so... I had a few gummy worms infused with uh, the Sabada. The CBD. And um, I don't remember how much I ate because I was just eating them like they were candy, as they are. Um, <laughs> kind of like forgetting the <laughs> the other properties that it has. She so. was acting all like goofy and like loose and I was like, why is she, like why are you acting like this? And she's like, oh I had my CBD. I was like, how many are you supposed to have? She's like, two. And I was like, how many did you have? And she just pointed to like half the bag. She went, eh, this much. <laughs> So I'm like, like that's like 12 gummies or uh, uh, candies. Now I'm just enjoying a large glass a of l- coconut milk. A large, like this is like one of those super tall Starbucks. <laughs> like this isn't a big cup. This is like a giant. It's a Trenta. It's a Trenta <laughs> of just coconut. Anyway, you know, the, the, the people at enough home. About, about, enough about me. Enough about you. Um, let's, let me go through. So this is the little synopsis on Letterboxd, the little blurb. Uh, Professor Charles Xavier and his team of genetically gifted superheroes face a rising tide of anti-mutant sentiment led by Colonel William Stryker. Storm, Wolverine, and Jean Grey... There's also other people, but... (laughs) Storm, Wolverine, and Jean Grey must join their usual nemeses, Magneto and Mystique, to unhinge Stryker's scheme to exterminate all mutants. And it is a scheme, I would say. It's definitely a scheme. Um... Some basic yeah. info here, directed again by Brian Singer, Sexual Predator. Yes. Um, written not only by David Hayter, who directed, who um, excuse me, who wrote 
the first film and is also the voice actor for Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. And it, also Bill Hader's father. No, it's not Bill Hader's father. <laughs> different spelling. Um, it was also co-written by Michael Doherty and Dan Harris. I don't know them from a hole in a wall, but I think them being on, I don't know what it was, but this definitely, I feel like, has much stronger writing. But we'll get into that. You know what? I know some Doherty's. I know a Doherty family. And I think it's like Doherty. It's like Irish. Yeah, they're Irish. And and I would say they're a swell family, so I'm sure this guy's swell, too. Yeah, probably. We, we love the Irish here. <laughs> I, I think now that's why I call a franchise podcast. The we look love of the, the Irish. Irish. The, the, all right, you don't need to be stereotypical. No, you remember that, that Disney film? Luck of the Irish. Yeah, I've only seen two movies before. X-Men and X2 colon X-Men United. I don't know what you're talking oh my about. Goodness. It was distributed by 20th Century Fox, like the first one. Um, it was released in May of 2003 with a budget of about 110 to $125 million. So um, I would say maybe one and a half or two times as much as the first movie, um, but grossed about $400 million. So like double the first movie's gross. Um, so pretty good rate of return. Zooey mama. Right? Um, so Vivian, what was your previous experience with this movie? Is this like the first one where like you've probably seen it but can't remember I, anything? Yes, like I've definitely seen it before. Uh really only remember like the the like dam tunnel underground thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is like a pretty big part of it, so that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, I mean, but other than that, not really. Mm-hmm. So this is actually my, as of right now, having only seen two films in my entire life, um, this is definitely my favorite of the franchise. Um, I mean, that, that could change as we go through the others, because some of these I haven't seen in forever, and some of them I've never seen. Um, but this one was always my favorite growing up, and I feel like still is today. There's actually a funny story about me seeing this. So um, when I was a kid... I was, well, I still kind of am. And Vivian, you know this, but I'm telling them. I was a very, very, very picky eater. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Like major sensory issues, like would only eat super plain things with like normal textures and everything. Um, and our neighbor had this movie on DVD, X2, right? And I had seen the first one. But for some reason, my parents wouldn't let me see this one because it was PG-13, even though the first one's also PG-13 and arguably more violent and like intense. <laughs> Um, but for any reason, they wouldn't let me, but I was like begging and please. I was only maybe like nine or eight. Like, yeah. I, like, you know what I mean? Like I can understand where they were coming from, but I was like begging and pleading. Like I wanted to see this movie so, so badly. And they were like, okay, you can watch the movie if you eat this mac and cheese. <laughs> Cause they were like trying to get me any way they could. <laughs> and this was like, this was like a real Sophie's choice I was having. Like I... I was so just like, I was so scared to eat this mac and cheese. Like I, I and I ended up eating one piece <laughs> wow. and couldn't even swallow it. Oh, and I it. spit it up into the sink, <laughs> but, but it counted. I got it into my mouth and my, they let me watch X2. It doesn't count if you didn't swallow it. I will have heard that one before, but, um, <laughs> No, I mean, like, if you, I guess if you swallow it, like, you eat it, and then, like, you throw it up later. Like, in X Factor, that counts, you know? If you, like... I think the point my parents were is, like, crossing the bridge of actually, like, attempting to eat it. Okay. And, like, I literally gagged. Like, it was, like, because it was psychologically just too intense for me. Okay, well... That I I just spit it out into the sink. Okay, well, if you can't eat, like, 
horse saliva, like a cup of horse saliva or something, like on X, on X Factor, it doesn't count. But okay. if you drink it and then later throw it up, then it counts. Well, this wasn't X Factor. This was Coventry, Rhode Island. They just, <laughs> they, they, my parents, I, by whatever standard, you could bring it up with them. There is a standard. You could bring it up with them. Um, so that was the dedication to watch this movie. And it was, but it was so worth it. Is that I loved this as a Do kid. Do you know why? Like, just because it was cool like a cool superhero movie or like i just i think because on the kids at school talking about it like no i i i think i probably had seen a trailer for it maybe i think maybe there was a trailer for it on the dvd of the first movie Mm, which i think also borrowed from my neighbor you were enticed yeah i think i was like through some because this is like pre-youtube so it wasn't like i was like looking up stuff on the i don't know you know i don't know how i knew about it or like (laughs) i think i just wanted to see it because i liked the first one a lot yeah as a kid so i just wanted to see the next one and I don't think I could even fathom how much better it was it was <laughs> than the first one. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just thought I was getting a movie just as good as the first one. Yeah. I didn't realize that I was getting that and then some. Um, so before we kind of talk a little bit more about our thoughts on the movie, I think we have a lot to talk about. Um, I just want to go a little bit into some background on it. Not as much as, as last week, but um, so the film, um, you know, the first film was pretty successful. So this film was almost immediately greenlit. Um, after the success of the first movie. And it, the source material for it um, is primarily, it's based on a graphic novel in the X, obviously an X-Men um, series called X-Men God Loves, Man Kills. And in the source material... Um, this is a comic? Yeah, so okay. like oftentimes, like comic book movies, like they, like, because obviously like X-Men have been going around for like, one storyline. Yeah, it's like they'll they'll pick like one storyline. Okay, okay. So like, um, or like take elements from different storylines. So that's mm-hmm. like something where it's like, um, the Dark Knight mm-hmm. is you know draws a lot on like different storylines from the comics while also kind of being its own new story, right? Because it's not like adapting a book mm-hmm. where it's like you know. Beginning, middle, end, here's the story. Mm-hmm. There's there's decades of, of material to draw from. So the first movie actually is one of the few not to be based on any mm-hmm. source, um, like specific storyline, which makes sense because it's just kind of setting up the story. Yeah. Um, but this one is loosely based off of X-Men, God Loves, Man Kills, um, in that Stryker is not a military scientist, but he's a preacher. Oh, who is very against mutants, probably for some weird pseudo-religious like perspective. Um, and he he kills his wife and newborn son because it was a mutant child. Oh no. Right? Um, and it's in in the story, he well, I don't think people know that. I think that's something they find out later in the story. This isn't like the the way I'm presenting this info, it's like the story starts off like everyone knowing this happened, right? Because the story starts off with him having what? a TV <laughs> debate with Professor X okay. about mutants. Okay. Um, but then he kidnaps him in order to kill all the mutants and do, you know, like do what he's doing. So, and you know, another thing that they draw on from this story is the fact that the X-Men have to team up with Magneto, their arch enemy to stop this. Um, but in the store, in the original comic, Stryker had no connection to Wolverine. There isn't that Mm. element. Um, now we'll definitely get into this more when we talk about X-Men Origins Wolverine but like the Weapon X program that was based off of a story but the Striker character was like someone else it wasn't Striker again because Striker was just like a preacher in the comics as a son of a preacher man exactly so <laughs> um so why don't we just get into talking about 
about what we thought. You know, I know, Vivian, you had a lot of, of, of notes <laughs> that you, of course, you were writing don't down. I, don't I always? Don't you? I try not to write as many notes during this, especially because I've seen it so many times. I just wanted to, I just wanted to let it wash over me. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I kind of leave it to you to, to write the notes because you'll probably talk about everything I want to talk about. And then I can be like, oh, yeah, well, here's what I think about that. <laughs> Piggybacking. Yeah, off I'm a piggybacker. My, off my work. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's what, that's that's what, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, um, so I do not have as many notes as the last movie, I think, because. Oh, you know, no. I mean, like, okay. <laughs> I was commenting on literally everything. I think I was a little bit overzealous, but. Yeah, she's had some CBD, <laughs> sour worms. She's okay. chilling. She doesn't, it's like, there, she doesn't need to talk there, about there's as much. There's no need to, to. Keep on that. Okay. So, first of all, in terms of the story, what is this big brother spying on the mutant school? Yeah. What's up with that? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> is that is that all I have to say about it? <laughs> well, I just, I just think that's a bit scandalous. Well, and, to be fair, invasive. Well, to be fair, it's like a super highlight, like. It kind of does propose a national security threat. Well, I mean, also has nine eleven happened in this universe? Oh, because if so, then like, like, hey, we we took pictures of a jet. Oh, we have no idea what kind of technology this is. <laughs> I would I would keep tabs on them too. I mean, I guess like because you don't know who you don't know that it's Professor X, like this super nice guy. He knows. He knows. Well, he knows. Stryker knows. Well, yeah, I'm, but the president doesn't know. Well, Plausible so, deniability. Well, someone's got to tell the president. This is just like the Iran-Contra affair. What? Are you... All right. But anyways, so, so, so what I'm saying is that it's a little weird, but also, like, maybe not, because, like, we have Zillow listings of, like, houses on the internet or, like, you know, Google Maps. Yeah, Google Maps or, like... You know, in like, uh, what's it called? Uh, you know, my crib. What is it? Show you my crib. Welcome well, to MTV Cribs. <laughs> cribs, yes. Oh God. <laughs> when with the cribs, like. <laughs> <laughs> with the cribs. They show, they show the person's house. <laughs> I don't think Professor X was on my on, on MTV Cribs. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, like we. we hello, hello, I'm Charles Xavier. <laughs> welcome and welcome to my crib. <laughs> He's just zooming down. They're <laughs> like, wait up. <laughs> yeah, doing zoomies down the hallway. No. No, but um Yeah, like we I think we have like overviews of like like celebrities' houses and stuff, right? Like like uh what is it? The Peter Pan land no fantasy no what is Neverland. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm just gonna stop this right now. No. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Neverland <laughs> You know, I forget. Yeah, Neverland, yeah. You know, I forget words, right? So, yeah, like things like that, right? Not to bring up mm. another... <clears throat> sexual predator. Sexual predator. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, okay. Also, their getaway car is a Mazda. I just find that funny. <laughs> I don't know why. I, I'm... What did you think of this movie? <laughs> what is your opinion about the movie? I just... I just... This is just like stand up, but like really bad stand up. What did you think of the movie? Um, well, I didn't. I didn't take notes on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did think. So let me ask you a question. 
How do you think it compares to the first movie? What do you think it does better than the first movie? Can you remember the first oh, movie? It, well, okay. So if you want to go on, skip to the filmmaking category, sure. Yeah, skip so, around. Okay, so, you know, my first note is that the scene in the Oval Office reminds me of the scene with Quicksilver in that other movie. In Days of Future Past. Sure, yeah. And then also that the movie has a bigger budget. Because, yeah, you can like, see on yeah, that's that's that is true, and yeah. you can see it on screen. It's not just like actors. Salary. Yeah, there's there's like huge sets and props and stuff, like a lot of extra stuff. You know, mm-hmm. the scope is definitely bigger. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then also the music, man. The music is crazy, and the music is loud. And I would say. I'm not trying to knock on the mixer as a fellow audio god, but, um, you know, <laughs> like, the mixing is a little crazy, and, and you know, it just gets really loud during, like, fight scenes and stuff, <laughs> but it's, like, very intense. Like, when he's in the, like, when the Blue Devil guy is in the Oval Office. <laughs> Nightcrawler? And, yeah, but I don't like that name. I like Blue Devil. Okay. So- <laughs> the Blue Devil. <laughs> we got Blue Devil in the backyard. <laughs> it's all like... It's like classical music. I think that's a pre-existing it's song. Like, whoa. <laughs> I think it's like German opera. I mean, it works. It's just like, it's in your face. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I also thought like that the controlling device that Stryker uses, it reminded me a lot of the Matrix, especially like being on the like back of the neck. Thoughts? What, what is the Matrix in the back of the neck? The pluggy thingy. Oh, yeah, that's, like, in their head, though. That's, like, their skull. And it's the back of the neck. <laughs> sure, okay. <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I feel like this movie is a huge upgrade. I think I said this last week where the first one feels like a dress rehearsal for this movie. You know, like, every single... Every, every person, every element about it, the movie, feels like everyone has their shit together now. You know what I mean? Like, everyone has leveled up, so to speak. And I think that's really clear in the, um, like, the characters and, like, their dynamics and, like, the actors playing the characters. The actors playing the characters, I think they've really found a groove, right? Where I think we talked about Storm being pretty stiff in the last movie. She's infinitely better. She had just come off of her um, Academy Award winning performance in Monsters Ball. Hmm. Or Monsters Ball. Yeah. A monster's balls? No, no, not a monster's ball. Let me let me look at that. I don't but, know. Um, but you know, <laughs> I feel like everyone is just a lot more comfortable with um the material. Monster's ball. She was in. A, it's a romantic comedy, okay. or excuse me, a romantic drama. Um, yeah, the the char- like the character development seems a little tighter. Like, and everyone has something to do. Yeah. Mo- like, maybe not literally in terms of the plot, but like everyone kind of gets their moment where we get to like. either learn facts about them or just get like a better sense of their headspace yeah particularly like the children okay right because like rogue i feel like we like she doesn't get as much screen time as the first one yeah but she feels more real yeah and 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 we also like get to know bobby more and john pyro you know what i mean like she's definitely opened up a lot more like whereas in the first movie she's she's always like (laughs) yeah it's like very mysterious um but yeah yeah, and I really like um, the, like, I think it's just a really tight ensemble cast. 
Like, it feels like they're all, they are working in tandem with one another. It really feels like a group effort. Um, but, so what did you think of the story this, this go around? Because I think in some ways it's more comic booky, but yet I'm able to take it more seriously than the first movie's, like, evil plan. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I think, like, I didn't really write any notes about it, I think, because, like, it just seemed normal to me. Like, I don't know, like, having so much to do and like okay we have to do this to do this or whatever um so it didn't really stand out as much um but i do what i do find interesting is that um i feel like there's a lot of like missed conflict or tension between uh some characters so like i think it's really weird how the conflict or like presumed conflict between rogue and bobby just like wasn't addressed at all like you know did she she probably eventually found out that the bobby she was talking to was mystique but then like you know like was there was there some was there like a fight oh they're just boyfriend and girlfriend now like (laughs) like it just doesn't happen um that's another thing because it, it's never made clear how long after the first movie this was. I guess Presumably so, yeah. not super long. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like a couple weeks or months or... I mean, yeah. I mean, Wolverine had been gone. <clears throat> yeah. So it's like... So, so I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how much time they... Well, enough time, I guess, for him to become her boyfriend. <laughs> I guess so. Also, can we talk about the love triangle? Well, there's two love triangles okay, in this movie. Why is he jealous of Logan? Like... Because Rogue loves Logan. Okay, but Logan doesn't love Rogue because she's like a child. she's a child, yeah, and like and he's like 150 years old. Yeah, he's like a man, like a grown man. Like. Well, sometimes, sometimes like, you know. Well, to be fair, he like he he literally risked his life to save her. Like you know this what I mean? Like true, but and he's sexy. I know he's sexy, but I don't know. It just seems strange. I mean, if if she's saying. You're her boyfriend. Like, obviously, you've got an edge over it. Mm. <laughs> and also, he's been gone for, like, months. So, what? <laughs> well, that's, like, another problem with the other love triangle, where it's, like, you know, with Jean Grey and Scott and Logan, yeah. where she even says that, where it's, like, you know, like, the good guy stays. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, And... I don't know how I feel about the love triangle in this movie. I feel like they don't, you know, it's not really there much, but it almost, it almost yeah. bothers me more that like, it's not like if you're going to do it, like do it, but it never, it's almost just there as like a flavor mm-hmm. and it, it just like, doesn't add a lot to the, to the narrative. I feel like, um, it's really just setting it up for when she comes back because like, I feel like her romance with Cyclops is like never really developed. Like they just as like, it's just all of Cyclops is everything. <laughs> yeah, but like he's just like oh she's my girl. But like other than that, like it's nothing. Whereas like you know, well we're going to find out that Wolverine and Jean Grey they're in love. It's a tale as old as like, time. Like for real in love, right? So I don't know if it's love. It's just like pure, just passion. Yeah, something like that. You know, fire. If if we are to stay on the motif, I would say. Um, also, no apprehension about working with Magneti. Uh, Magenta is my phone autocorrection as. <laughs> they just like trust him and Mystique like outright, and like 
don't address the fact that they literally tried to kill them um, in the last movie. <laughs> well, one of the best parts of the movie is when Magneto and Mystique are like giggling and then they look to Rogan and they're like, we love what you did with your hair. And this bitch takes off her glove like someone taking off their earrings for a fight. She's like, I'm gonna go grab your ankle and let's see what let's see what you think she about like, it. like, post up. Yeah, like. <laughs> so I feel like there's, but I feel like it's kind of one of those things and that's what makes this story, like this kind of story so interesting where it's like they have no other choice but to work together. Because they're, I guess so, but because I, their their goals align. You know what I mean? No, like no, like I totally understand, but I feel like like it, the enemy of my enemy mist. is my friend. You know? Yeah, but I I feel like like especially knowing where it's going, like in the third movie and stuff. Like I feel like there should be a lot of like like there was a missed opportunity for like a lot of apprehension or like tension. Like yeah, he does like fix their plane and like save them and everything, but like. They, it, he was just like, hey, there's an evil guy. We should go beat him. And they're just like, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, like, there's no, like, what is he hiding? Like, are you being serious? Like, you So know. you wanted a little more tension in the group. I, I thought that would be fitting, yes, because, you know. He did like, try to kill them. He did He did try to literally murder them. Um, well, but, only because they were getting in his way. He was only going to kill Rogue if they just stayed out well, of it. Well, I mean, Mystique, you know, she she was fighting pretty hard. I mean, she was. That's she, true. Well, she was kicking butt and taking names, I would say. Well, I would say she's, she's doing as much fighting, if not more, in this one. Um, yeah. And also trying to seduce Logan. Which I never really realized <laughs> until this time around. Like, I was like, Mystique, like, really wants to fuck Logan. Like... Yeah. Okay. So, at first, I was like, bro, why is Logan being so aggressive with Jean? Like, damn. Like, you know she's got a man. Like, what are you doing? And then I'm like, oh, well, maybe she likes it because she's visiting him in his tent. Psych! It was Mystique. And then he turned into a striker. And then she turned into a striker. And then maybe maybe Logan would have been like, this is what I want, actually. <laughs> yeah. He was like, what do you want? Logan, Logan, definitely, do has, you want? Logan definitely has daddy issues. Well, because striker's like his daddy, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, Doesn't he play his dad later on? Or am I just making that up? Okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. No. <laughs> All right, that movie doesn't exist. That movie, I, I've only seen two movies. But <laughs> even if there was other movies, I still don't know what you're talking about. Um, but also, like, um, okay, uh, is Adam and adamantium? Adamantium is adamantium real or no? No, no right? No. Because like titanium or diamonds or like no, it's a fictional. Material, right? It's a fictional metal in the Marvel universe, and in fact, adamantium plays a big role in like other stuff in the Marvel universe, but they haven't been using it like the MCU because like for a long time Fox has owned. So like Vibranium is is, is like the MCU equivalent. Like from in remember Black Panther yeah, so Vibranium? It, no, yeah. I'm so but I think in the comics that was like Adamantium. So it's the same? It's not the same. I'm just uh, saying like basically that's what they would have done if they had the rights to that terminology. Um, but they didn't until Disney bought Fox. Okay. Do you see okay. what I mean? Um also something I wanted to note Bobby's little brother is a snitch. He's a this little, is true. He's a little bitch, and he's a little snitch. And, you know, I think mm. that was really, you know, not nice. I think that was very rude of him to call the federal government on his brother just because he's... <laughs> I don't know if the local police are the federal just, government. Just because he's an ice man. It seems a little bit extreme. How about 
if you're upset about your brother being an ice man, you should take a second and stop and try to be the nice man. <laughs> you know? But but going to that kind of thing, that what? scene kind of is awesome because it goes into what we were saying before where like if the like the gay analogy Oh yeah. Was like there in the first movie, it's really here in this movie. Like yeah. obviously like that line, like have you ever tried not being a mutant? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's obvious. <laughs> but I think that's what I'm saying, like it works so well where it's like yeah. Like, you could never have that if it's about it being black. Because, like, you can't not be black, right? <laughs> but that's something that a lot of people struggle with where it's, like, people tr- like like people expect them to try to not be gay. Or, like, yeah. they themselves try not to be gay. And, like, like... That's just who they are, you know? Like, um, well, what was funny is that, like, I thought that Ronnie... That's his name, right? Ronnie? Yeah. Um, when he, like, got all into a hissy fit and then like walked away i thought we were gonna see like him kind of struggling with his own discovery of him being a mutant but he just just gets a phone right away and just calls the police alas he is a snitch well to be fair that's his mutation the mutants tried to um kill all those leaders at the un (laughs) a mutant just tried to assassinate the president yeah to be fair Mute. That's the thing. Like this is but where Bobby hasn't. This is this is where the like analogy for like mutants being black people or mutants being gay people falls short. In that black people and gay people are not dangerous. <laughs> mutants. Some mutants are actually very dangerous. Like yeah. you know what I mean. So so <laughs> like, to be fair to Ronnie, because look what Pyro ends up doing. And like yeah. they cut to Ronnie in the window when Pyro is blowing up all the cop cars. Yeah. And he's just like. Yeah, I mean, like, ACAB, but also, like, Ronnie also did almost burn down Bobby's family's house, so. <laughs> you mean, you mean John? Who? You said Ronnie tried oh, to burn yeah, down John, the house. Oh, yeah, John, John, I don't know. Well, in a way, Ronnie tried to burn down the family <laughs> by calling the cops he, on his brother. He did. His gay, <laughs> black, mutant brother. Any, any analogy you want to throw into yeah. there. Um, also, something I want to say about the characters is that I don't know if you picked up on this, but I am not a fan of how the characters are, like, slightly whitewashed, like, with Storm and her white hair. And then also, I do... Well, what do you mean, though? I, I, mean, I, I mean, she's still black. Her... No, I know, but, like... Maybe because she's, like, more light-skinned, I could see, but not I... because her hair is white. No, but then also, I, I do not remember... I do not know her name. I don't think they ever address her, like, uh, with a name, but, like, the Asian lady with, like... The claws like um, oh, Wolverine. Her her she, name is. Um, she has blue contacts. She she is um her her the character's name is Yuriko Oyama and I believe she's someone from the comics. Okay, yeah, um, I think they only say that once because that does sound familiar. So like with Yuriko, like she she has like blue contacts. She's a little <laughs> sidelined, and I believe yeah. she had a pretty big role in the in the comics. I could be wrong. But then also like during the same time i want to say maybe like the next year with fantastic four like the same thing happened with jessica alba like she had like blue contacts and blonde hair and stuff so like i don't know that just seemed a little weird to me so um you you her name is Eureka, but i want to say eureka sorry <laughs> um so literally yes yeah, so much more potential in the comics her name is lady Deathstrike. what like that how more cool can you get right <laughs> and i don't think she is a mutant no, she she's like no, a... No, 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 but in the movie, she's a mutant. I'm saying in the comics, I don't think she's a mutant. 
Well, then how does she have her scratchy nail thingies? It, I think that's just like a, well, let me read. It's let like, me, let me read the it's, Wikipedia. It's like, uh, it's like that guy. I, I. Freddy? I don't know. Oh. I have to read it. Her father, Lord Darkwing, created the adamantium bonding process that was forced on Wolverine. Okay, so her father created the process by Wolverine, which Wolverine got his uh, adamantium claws. Mm-hmm. A self-styled warrior, Lady Deathstrike, hired the villain Spiral's body shop to bond adamantium to her own skeleton in addition to other cyber, other in addition to other cyber genetic enhancements. So I, I think she, she got some kind of version of the procedure. Made herself a mutant. I don't think she got it on her on her entire skeleton. Oh, it says a skeleton. I don't know because I don't think she was a mutant though. No, no, no. But she she probably had like like well she had well obviously she had it. like the procedure and like in the in the cartoon she had a relationship with Logan. What? And I believe, um, yeah, yeah. She she had a relationship. I I remember actually. I remember how I said last week. I've seen like a couple episodes. Mm. This was one of the episodes I've seen. Uh. But I didn't want to say that who she was because I didn't want to be. I didn't know if it was the same Japanese woman, <laughs> so I didn't want to accidentally refer to her as a different woman. Oh my um, but yeah, she's kind of like sidelined and like I guess like in a movie this big, like I don't know how you also give her a bunch of like character development, but yeah. Well, I think she there was a missed opportunity of her and Mystique going at it in the office because. I don't know. I just think she's really cool, but she only has like that one fight scene. Um, yeah, like but, like she has a couple other like small little um, little like interactions, yeah, like fights, but, but not like not like yeah. an extended action fight sequence. Yeah, but, which is pretty awesome, right? Because like like it's two. It's basically really two. Cool. They're they're two people who can't die really. Yeah, they have the regener- regenerative. Health like I guess property. the implication is, at least in the mo- at least in the movie, she is essentially like a Wolverine esque. Yeah, she's like a lady Wolverine. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, um, so it was really cool. Like when he stabbed her, and then she just like climbs up onto his arms and just like pulls herself out <laughs> oh, of it. Oh, so gross! It was like pulling out of her skin so slowly, but it was so it was so fucked when he like put all that and uh, adamantium adamantium. Into just her. Put the, just say the metal. The metal. When you put all that metal into her, because ooh, I don't know. And it's kind of sad because like she had clearly had been, she was like being mind controlled. Yeah. By so she Stryker. wasn't. Yeah. So she was. You could kind of see in that moment that like, her eyes change color. Yeah. Like you can kind of like I think in that moment she like kind of wakes up. Mm. Only only to then die. Yeah. So it's kind of sad. It's you like know? a Jennifer's body type thing. It's like when when. The bad thing or whatever is like finally gone. Like you, you had to kill her to do that. Like, but now she's awake, but she's dead. Like you know, <laughs> yeah, um, but like continuing with like all the metal stuff. Um, I thought that the iron in the guard's blood was so cool. It's so creative. Like <laughs> yes. I don't know who. I don't know if that's from the comics or something like. I don't know. But that's just so creative. I don't know who thought of that, but major kudos. Like, mm-hmm. like that's so cool. And like, as like someone who is anemic, like I'm, kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of jealous, like of all that iron that they have. But also like, <laughs> but also like, I just think that. Was, well, you shouldn't be jealous because if you were scared, he could never do it to you. Okay, well, Magneto is not real, so I think I'd be okay. But I don't know. I just so that's what you think. <laughs> I just thought that was so cool and so creative and like, can he like, 
smell metal or like can he like sense it like a heat how did he ray? know like, it's not like him and mystique could communicate yeah because he he just sensed it i guess well i would imagine it's something like it's not like he can smell it or something it's not like wolverine but what i would imagine is just look at his powers right like mm-hmm. when he manipulates metal there has to be some kind of sixth sense where he's almost like feeling the metal he's manipulating mm-hmm so I would imagine that, like, whenever he's around metal, he could sense, especially because he'd been deprived of it for so long that, like, yeah. the minute it enters into the into like the conversation, yeah. like he's able to, like, again, I wouldn't even say it's like sensing mentally. It's like almost like he can feel it. Like he can, yeah. like, almost like it's like a sixth sense. Yeah, but I, I feel like because otherwise, how do you manipulate? Kind of like, like with Buffy, you know, like when she gets her cramps, that means a vampire's around. But, <laughs> really, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, at least in the movie. Well, it's kind of um, like it's kind of like like. How do you move your arm? Your brain just tells you to do it. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Okay. Like, 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 it's not like I'm feeling my arm. Mo- I'm just moving but, it, right? But I, I think also, it's like the same thing for him. That's how he moves I think metal. he also, like, knew something was up because it was such a high content, like, so, such high potency of the iron that, like, you know, it, it just was, he was like, okay, someone's trying to bust me out, right? Because he even says the thing, like, never trust a beautiful woman. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, that is the Mystique actress out of makeup. What? Yeah, I, I looked it up. Okay. And she, I thought she was hot as a naked blue woman. She is gorgeous. <laughs> I'm not trying to objectify her because I think she's also a badass. She's she's just awesome. She's she's gorgeous though too. Like yeah, she's she's absolutely gorgeous and also like amazing. I I thought it was so cool when her like blue leopard like tight skin tight dress like morphed into her skin because like i saw that when she was walking down and like sitting at the table but i was like nah that can't be mystique but then i was like it was mystique it was the whole time (laughs) she She roofied him (laughs) she did Um, also i found this in the trivia but i I just want to say it now um (laughs) as like a little preview so you know how he has velcro Mm -hmm. it's because they can't have any metal so we can't have like a zipper uh, <laughs> I never knew that until reading the trivia. That makes sense. Because presumably he just came from work. Yeah, because he, he still had like his name tag or whatever. Yeah. But um. that's funny. Um, So also my favorite guy is the Blue Devil. Um, he's you know just, who plays him? Um, A Blue Devil. No. So <laughs> this is actually a really cool fun fact. I don't know. Some people think that the actor was actually blue, but it's actually just makeup. No, <laughs> I know. I don't think he's a Smurf. No, it's it's Alan Cumming. What? Who who you will most famously know him as 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 uh, what's his name? Goob from from Spy Kids. No, that's not his name, isn't it? What's his name? Hold on, let me look it up. That is him. It's, it's Goob, right? Goop. Goop. Yeah, hold like, on. Let like me... uh, like uh, what's her name's company? Oh no no um, Fegan Floop. Floop. Yeah, that's right. Because it's like floop loops. Yeah, whatever it is. Fruit loops. Um, you know, he's been in like other things, like you know, like other critically acclaimed <laughs> theater and film. But Spy Kids and X Men is really is are like the really important things. That's crazy. I mean, because I don't know. That's crazy. I don't know why that's so surprising to me, but it is. Well, I mean, because it, 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 I think. This is also something that we haven't talked about with the last movie and this one yeah. is that obviously CGI is a huge component of this. Okay. But this is back when superhero movies like 
tried to do some things practically, whereas now it's basically just like, like it's getting to the point where they don't even wear costumes anymore. They just wear like green suits and then they CGI the costumes uh, yeah. onto them. Yeah. Like, and, and CGI is a great tool, yeah. but I feel like it's very overused today, especially in, in, in a lot of like superhero movies. So this is still the era where it's like mystique, like Nightcrawler. Like, I feel like yeah. if they made it today... Which, I mean, we get, to be fair, they have made modern versions of these characters and they were still, like, outfits. Mm-hmm. But I feel like they've downgraded. Like, I know Jennifer Lawrence... Let's say there was another movie. Hypothetically. <laughs> and Jennifer Lawrence would play a young version of Mystique. I'm just pulling this out of my butt. She <laughs> she didn't want to wear all of the, like, Cause it the stuff. Like, a million years. Yeah, so she just wanted, yeah. like... I forget what they did. We'll talk about more when we get to that. But it was, like, a different thing. Yeah. That was easier to wear but yeah. does not look as cool yeah i think she also didn't want to be naked either too i think i remember hearing about that or and something. and that's also why nightcrawler doesn't come back from the other movies that he just like didn't enjoy being in the oh in the in the in the stuff i think it's i think it's Cause it takes a really long time i was reading that about the first movie yeah the to makeup put the, is crazy put her and and, and then him yeah it, it would be like hours yeah just getting into Makeup. I, I, mean, I don't know if you can even call it makeup. Costume. It's your whole body is makeup. Yeah. I mean, think about like, I don't know. So it's just like, really impressive to see how real like, everything is. Yeah. Like how much. Yeah. That's a lot. Is Beast CGI in the next one? Well, we'll see. Oh, I, I, have, I can't remember. I have no idea. I can't remember. I think it's practical. Pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's practical. Maybe not when. Never mind. Probably when not transforming. Yeah, when he's not, when he's like a man or to a beast or beast to man. Like in, when he, like in, in X Men First Class, you mean? Yeah, or like, um, like say he were to visit someone. Who I don't know. I don't know. Let's just say someone who could take away someone's powers. I don't yeah, know. like I don't know. Then like, <laughs> I don't think in that instance it would be like practical because that would be really hard. I feel like to pull off visually, um, but yeah. I, I just know. really like how practical, like how practical they try to get it. Yeah, I mean, like those are like real helicopters flying in, you know. Creative, like I just can't. I'm so blown away with the creativity of some people. Like, how, how in, how in the hell a bit did they think of this? (laughs) (laughs) But um, I don't know. I think I'm so surprised because like. I feel like... This has become the Mystique podcast. So two episodes now, <laughs> we've it, just been gushing about Mystique. We, okay, the new name for this podcast is called Blue Dudes. And um, <laughs> we're the blue man group. And we literally just talk about the blue characters. Next uh, week, we'll be talking about the 2009 film Avatar. <laughs> but <laughs> they're the coolest ones. Um, but I think I'm just surprised because like... When I think of like Alan Cummings, like I think of like... I think it's just Alan Cummings. It's just one Cummings. It's singular. <laughs> Only one. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> but um This is not appropriate for children. We should have said that before. Um yeah, I think this is for young adults. <laughs> um but This is a YA podcast. <laughs> that still doesn't feel right. It's a YA novel. Um no, but I, I always think of him as like a, a character similar to like uh Rumpelstiltskin and like Once Upon a Time, like, you know, kinda like could be normal but like could also be quick to anger but also like kind of like like um i don't know jaunty like Mm -hmm. no he's a man of god no yeah he's so cute he's like i like i always forget that he's like both in the comics and this he's supposed to be like a devout catholic yeah i mean i i think that's really 
awesome of his character because like, you know, he adds another layer. Yeah, because like he was just, you know, we learn later on that like um he didn't try to assassinate the president, for, you know, on his own free will. It was like cuz he was being brainwashed, but like he obviously like feels really bad about it and like, you know, he's he has all these markings because of like all his sins, but like he is genuinely sorry and like, you know, he doesn't despite what he's been like the cards he's been given in life, he doesn't necessarily want to lean into that. You know, like he he 100% could totally be a bad guy, right? But he he's not, you know, so He chooses not to. He makes a choice. And that's kind of the theme of the movie is all about choices. Yeah. Right? I- and then that kind of t- ties into like the ending, you know, it's like, why'd she have to die? Yeah. And it's like, why'd she leave the planet? And Professor X is like, she, because she made a choice. Yeah. You know? And it's ultimately like, like what you're willing to sacrifice. Um, yeah. Um, but, but one last thing about Nightcrawler that I remember. <laughs> I remember as a kid, I watched like one of the bonus features on like the DVD. Yeah. And apparently they did like a comic, like a limited series. Oh, okay. Um, not in the continuity of the X-Men comics, but like in the continuity of the movies. Okay. Leading up to this movie coming out about like, yeah. about like Nightcrawler's kind of origin and how he kind of got wrapped up with Stryker and him being controlled by Stryker. Like, mm-hmm. cause I, I don't know. I never read it, yeah. but I'm saying like there's, there was a little bit more. They go into it a little bit more like how he got in the position to get mind, mind controlled, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, Speaking of choices, I also think it's pretty interesting how, like, benevolent Professor X is, like, despite, like, being able to literally mind control everyone in the world. Like, like the amount of restraint of this man, like, I mean, not restraint, because obviously, but just, like, in the, with this, like, it was just the genetic lottery. If any other yeah. person got his powers, they could very well have been, like, a, a it could have been a completely different story. Yeah, I feel like him and Magneto should, like, be switched because, like, that's... But that would be horrible! <laughs> no, I know, but, like, I, I just feel like that's... Someone would just go, like, so power-hungry and, like, you know, try to listen to people's thoughts or whatever, or, like, you know, not be able to control it, like, Jean in the, um, in the museum or whatever. Like, it was, like, she could... It was like um like in Smallville when Clark like first gets his like super hearing abilities and it's like he just can hearing everything, just hear yeah. yeah everything and it's like so overwhelming. Um so that that is a very poignant um aspect of the film that I was intrigued by. But he's a really great man. Yeah. First, you know what I mean? He's his the only thing more powerful than his mind is his heart. Mm. Yes, and exactly. I'm, I'm I'm being funny, but it's like that's like you know that's like the point. I exactly. Think. Um, Magneto, he's just so deliciously evil. <laughs> you know, because you kind of think like, okay, like we're working together. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, and then he's like, well, if we're already doing this. <laughs> if he's already hooked up, we've already got everything set up and going. I mean, we'll just kill all the humans, <laughs> sir. Civilization would shut down overnight. <laughs> We're talking about billions of people. Who, who would like? Who, are you gonna be king? What's your end game after this? Like, what? Like, what is like your oh, plan? End game. <laughs> like, what is your strategy? <laughs> or as as our former president George W. Bush would say, strategy. <laughs> what would you say? What would you? What was your plan? It, no, it would be other chaos. I think I don't know. By then, this movie again. 
continues to lean into like the MLK Malcolm X comparison. Okay. This is something that I noticed during the movie that I, I said to you when we were watching it is mm-hmm. like, you know, when he's talking to Pyro and he's like, what's your name? He's like, John's like, what's your real name? Mm-hmm. And this could be totally out of left field, but I, the way I interpret that is almost like a reference to like, like the, I don't know like if there's a name for it, but like how a lot of people like, ML, like not, nah, okay. She's Malcolm X. Like the idea of like, like your, your, like your slave name, like your given name yeah, versus like, like the name that you give yourself. And like, like the difference between like, like Clashes Clay and Muhammad Ali. Precise, like, no, yeah. precisely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's exactly. That's a great example. Right. Like, I wonder if that was like another example where it's like, you know, we're going to, we, we are going to define our own identity mm-hmm. and we're going to essentially like, we are subjugated by this system. Mm-hmm. And one of those things is our, is our names. Yeah. And same you know, thing like, with, uh, same thing with Mystique, like when Nightcrawler asks her, like, Oh, that's such a great moment. Like, why, if you can turn into anybody, like, why don't you do that all the time? And she's like, we shouldn't have to. Like, it's just a great character moment for, like, Mystique gets, like, one line per movie. (laughs) This movie, she gets a lot more, obviously. (laughs) But it's like, she just gets, like, one line that just sums up her whole perspective. Like, like, honestly, less is more in screenwriting, you know? Less is so much more because, like, okay, first I was thinking, like, how has Mystique pretended to be the senator for so long? Like, because she's so dedicated. Major acting, first of all. Second of all, <laughs> the, the 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 character. Yes, but second of all, Mystique is just like she's just too awesome. We're like, back to the blue man group, everybody. <laughs> just we're just one more time swinging around, and then I'll leave it alone. All right. So <laughs> like, she's literally just she's too perfect. Like she's the perfect woman. Like. She she not only is she hot, but she's a skilled fighter. She's a skilled pilot. She's a technician. And she knows how to close yeah, the. Yeah, apparently she's a fucking skilled civil engineer who knows how to like <laughs> operate a giant damn spillway and like a fucking tech whiz. I I am fucking shook. Like, is there I, anything she can't do? Like I, I don't know. Probably not. I mean, like she choked a man out with her feet. Like. I, I, she's my, she's my superhero. It was pretty funny, not to go back to the last movie, but it's, (laughs) all right, easy, easy there. Not to go back to the first movie too much, but it was pretty funny when she had the senator in her foot clutches, (laughs) and then she started slapping him around with her feet. (laughs) I hope she washes her feet. I hope they weren't smelly. Um, She had athlete's foot, walking around barefoot all the time. Also, I'm about to blow your mind right now. What? So this is not the case in the continuity of the movies. Okay. But in the comics, mm-hmm. Mystique is Nightcrawler's mother. <laughs> what? She and this other mutant had teleportation abilities. What? So that he's like the combo of them. What? In the comics, yeah. That's crazy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they do not. Yeah. I believe also in the comics, I, I'm going to fact check this so I don't have someone going, um, actually, she, um, I believe her and, oh and Scarlet Witch, yeah, aka Wanda Maximoff from the MCU, AKA had a lesbian, awesome were lesbian lovers. What? Ma- what? The, the <laughs> hold on, sorry. Mystique, Mystique and, and, and WandaVision. Well, WandaVision is the name of a television oh, program. Mystique and Wanda. Yes. Ooh. Let me, let me, let me confirm that. Maybe I'm misremembering that, but Mystique. I mean... Scarlet Witch. Oh, maybe not? I could understand why. I mean, they're literally both badasses and, like, super powerful. So, I don't know. It makes sense to me. 
Although, what about Jarvis? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was in love with Jarvis. Um, maybe, maybe honestly, maybe I'm completely making this up. You know, you know what? I don't think that's true. I take it back. I don't think they were lesbian lovers. That would have been awesome, though. I thought they. <laughs> I thought Mystique was a lesbian. Well, she could be whatever, whoever she wants. Honestly, <laughs> the bi- I don't know. Someone, someone probably, someone out there knows. You know what? It's probably fan fiction. <laughs> you, you probably, no. you probably read it on like a. a you probably read it on Reddit. <laughs> no, no, I swear. I, I'll, I'll do some more research, and then the next time we'll, we'll get that confirmed. But um, also, my last thing with Mystique is when she was in the office, like she snuck into the office, and she was printing out like all those pictures and like documents about I don't know whatever um, cerebral or whatever else. Cerebro. Cerebral. Anyway, <laughs> Cerberus. <laughs> you know what I was thinking about? What? I was like, she's printing out a lot of fucking documents. What if the printer ran out of ink? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. <laughs> she's like, no. She's like frantically looking for like cartridges. <laughs> like, <laughs> it comes out. Where's with, the HP? It comes out with like the magenta lines. <laughs> she's like, I, I don't need the pink ink. I just need black. I don't need the pink. It's so faint you can barely see it. But she she brings it to Striker and she's like, I don't know, man. It just ran out of ink. She's and he's like, I can't uh, fucking read this. That's that's too funny. Um, but um, let's talk a little bit about Cyclops for just a, a little bit. Um, and how again, once Who? again, he is. Case in point, that he is like completely like not in the story like at all. Like yeah. he's sidelined once again. At least in the first movie, he plays an integral role in the climax. Yeah. But in this, like, and in fact, they shot scenes with him like getting brainwashed and him going through his own thing, kind of like how Professor X is kind of like going through yeah. shit. Yeah. But they took it out mostly because the executives felt like no one gives a shit, basically. <laughs> And also, I think that was part of the reason for thinking that, which is not completely unfounded, is, like, because you can't see his eyes, like, for the audience, like, subliminally, like, it's hard to connect, it's hard to connect with him. I guess so, but, like, I don't know, I just, I just feel like he's an underused character in so many different ways, especially in, what, origin when they make like oh he's like they get his origin story which like when they use all the powers like he has such a powerful ability that like he should be showcased well, a little you bit want, more if you want some trip do you want some trivia sure okay well i'm about to give it here it comes okay. um so so he you're right he is they do show him in um uh what is it uh x-men origins wolverine yeah as a, as a young, as a teenager, right? I think so, yeah. Right? Um, he, the, the idea for showing a teenage Cyclops was originally going to be one of, like, the intro scenes of the first movie. You know how we see, like, the Holocaust, oh. and then it was going to be, like, one of those scenes. Interesting. Um, I think it was going to be, like, him at school, like, in, like, the school's bathroom or whatever, okay. like, or maybe, at, or something like that. And then they, they didn't even shoot it. And then he blows up the whole school. Um, or maybe they did shoot it, but... They repurposed the set, mm-hmm. and that bathroom is the bathroom that Mystique roofies the guy in. Oh. In this movie, they reused the set. Oh. Um, what do you, so I guess they built the set, because I think sometimes with a movie like this, you need to start building, like, 
because the script is evolving so much, but it, it takes like so long three to like years later that this movie came out. So they've been working on it for a long time. No, but I'm saying the reason why they built this had the set built, yeah, even though it wasn't in the movie, is because like when you're making a movie like as big as the first movie or like any movie like this, you you like they need to build the sets just in case they need them. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously that's not as much of a problem now because everything's like green screen. But can, like, yeah, you can't do it like in a day. Exactly. So, um, but that is loco. And also, like, okay, what's up with that? Like, what's up with so what? So they built this set and then it just sat in an empty room for three years until they needed it again. Like, like who's paying for that space? Like, what's up with that? I don't know. It's probably like a fox. I don't know. Like fox back lot. I don't know. Like. <laughs> I, I I'm sure they probably wondering. put to use as a bathroom in another movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, like I because they could get back then, especially like in the golden age of Hollywood. Like they would use like the same city street for like sixty movies. <laughs> I just I always think about that. Like with something like uh, say Star Wars, for example, right? And um, you know they like they would use the little miniatures sometimes, right? And um, I'm like a lot of those just are like sitting at Lucasfilm now. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, we're this, these were just sitting somewhere for like 20, 30 years until they were like, okay, let's put it in a museum. Like, when I, I feel like when archives, they might reuse it. Like, <laughs> I feel like, it, like if one of us were to make a movie, like the props would just like get thrown away the next th- day. Yeah, they would get thrown away or like shoved in the closet. Like if it was like a regular thing, like my luggage, like you know, it just a luggage like <laughs> but, um everyone she's referring to a short film that i made where i used one of her suitcases <laughs> um but like do you know what i'm saying so I just, no like, i think i think the difference though is like obviously it's this like, costs a lot of money to make yeah and also they may need to use it again or they could use it again but do you know what i'm saying like it's like, property essentially like, like, if like you don't if you don't know if it's gonna be such a big hit like do you still keep it? Like, it, if you're talking about like the Star Wars things, yeah, because that's like you can't really like, reuse that at all. Literally anything like ET or Gremlins, like, like, did they know it was gonna be so big? Probably not. I mean, they might have assumed, probably hoped, but they probably didn't know till after the fact. So, like, I this is this is a question. I'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. I gotta do some sleuthing. I gotta yeah, you gotta do some research. Show. Um. Let's see, is there anyone also, in the cast? Oh, what's up? Oh, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to look at the cast and see if there's anyone else that we want to touch on. I, I, I feel like we're skipping over talking about Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart, who are arguably, like, <laughs> the stars of this franchise. Because it's like, it's like, what else is there to say that hasn't been said? You know what I mean? Like, Hugh Jackman okay. definitely, like, we definitely get to explore his character a lot more. Like, mm-hmm. I think that's one of the best strengths of this movie. Again, I think I touched on this at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, But that, the uh, like, the emotional reality, like, we're really getting more, like into the characters and like you yeah. know like that that character development definitely um, a lot of setup for origins like with wolverine's whole situation mm-hmm. um which makes me pretty excited dude uh, don't be excited <laughs> <laughs> why it's pretty bad the x-men wolverine origins yes oh well, well, well you will watch it you make your own dis- uh you're make- i come to your thought own it conclusion. was pretty interesting I like to see. Well, because they're making this movie up. without they, they they didn't make it knowing. Okay, we're gonna like talk about this in X Men Origins Wolverine. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think it's kind of like X Men Origins Wolverine. They were like, okay, they we touched on a lot of this in X Two, so we need to kind of like adhere to it. Yeah. But at the same time, as we as we it, know, X Men they do not care about continuity no. at all. Apparently, yeah, especially since Mystique is supposed to be Nightcrawler's mother. 
No, that's that in this way. But also, Nightcrawler, Mystique is supposed to be as old as Charles and, and Eric? Is what I'm saying about the, the, the different powers have different effects on the ages, I guess. But anyways, my notes about this was Logan looks much better in this movie. He's not as shaggy and unruly. Um, he looks a little bit more sleek, a little bit more cleaned up. A little more quaffed. Yeah, a little bit more swallowed. Um, and also, I was going to say this in the last episode, but I'm really glad that they have like a private jet um, so that Logan can travel on more than just his bike um, or otherwise he wouldn't be able to because uh, he'll set metal, metal detectors off. So, you know, there's <laughs> that. Yeah. I, I was happy for him. I mean, that we literally see that in the last movie when he walks through the metal detector at Ellis Island. I so. know, that's what I'm saying. Um, also, I wanted to comment on the hair. As a lady, obviously, I like yeah. you know, look at all the... This is a lady topic. <laughs> no, I also comment on the boys, too, when, they're, when it's applicable. Like when Logan is looking a, a little bit rough or whatnot. Um, but I thought Storm's hair was a lot better in this movie. It's so much. This is by far her my favorite haircut she has in it any of the movies. It was very cute. It was very. It gets cute. progressively less and less. I think every time. <laughs> like shorter and shorter. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, and then Gray's hair is definitely a classic, like early early two thousands, like uh, kind of bob. Fray, yeah, afraid bob haircut. Like Cameron Diaz had it. Like literally, it was very of its time. Yeah, literally, like everyone had it. Um, and then also. Gray is getting a well. She was before. Oh, you're calling her Gray before she died. Like Jean, you mean? <laughs> Meredith Gray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Doctor Gray, Jean. Um, she, but before she died, because she did now. Like Miss. Yeah, Keisha. Well, that's something we haven't talked about. Like Miss Keisha, she did. Um, but <laughs> you know, she's getting a lot stronger, and it's kind of scary because you know, like eventually she goes a little off the deep end and tries to destroy the world. Um, so it's it's a little frightening to you know see the the baby steps to that. Yeah. You know, um, like the very beginning of the Phoenix storyline, yeah. kind of starting. Yeah. Um, and then also, I just wanted to note that Rogue's hair, like, I know they comment on it, like, between, um, Magneto and, um, Mystique, but Rogue's hair was, like, a thing way before the trends, like, you know, the, the dyed strips? Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. Or, like, the, the, um, bleached strips, like, of hair in the She front. looks so good. I think it, she looks really good, yeah. Anna Paquin just, like, I think just, lo- like, she just looks very pretty in this one. It, yeah, I like really. She's also a very good actress, and she has more to offer. I, mean, I know. I'm just saying. Th- we're talking about look. We're talking about hair and looks in I, this particular part of the episode. I, I'm just saying she looks very pretty. I think it just highlights her face very well, um, and also just like kind of you know that's like the definitive thing for her character, um, like look wise. But um, yeah, I just thought that was cool. Like watching it now um, after that trend. Like when was that? Like. I don't know, 2019, 2020. So, like, and, and even now, I still see people kind of doing it. It's kind of tapered off, but, like, um, you know, I don't know. That was cool. Um, also, the Black Beatles challenge, like, a million years before that came Yes. <laughs> when he stops time or whatever he's doing, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I actually have a trivia piece about that. Okay. Should I save it or should you want me to tell you now? Oh, no, you can tell me. Um, let me, let me pull it up here. Um, 
um, oh, did I? Oh, most of the extras playing frozen people were actually mimes who are used to not moving. Oh. They hired mimes. I was going to say, like, how? There's, some of them are so good. Yeah, I was going to say, like, how did they get everyone to do that? Like, someone I'm sure for, like, the wide the shots, it was just, like, normal people. No, that's fine. But, like, like the close, like, someone had to blink. Someone had to, like, shift a little bit. Like, I, I don't know. But, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I never know. I didn't know that until. I mean, I didn't know that either. But, like, that, that's, that was a good call. Good job, Brian. You did something right. <laughs> um, Doesn't make up for what the other stuff you did, but <laughs> that was a good uh, film call. Yeah. Um, and then also, why why was the sir hassling Pyro about a cigarette? It's like, sir, you're inside. too young to be smoking. First of all, you look too young. Second of all, smoking inside of a botanical garden inside of a natural science museum, sir. Go the fuck outside. Have you not watched the anti-smoking commercials? Which were very big at, the, at this time. What, what is he doing? He's harassing him inside. Go outside. That's like, I'm minding my own business. I'm eating a, a cheeseburger or whatever. Yeah, this like, ain't the 60s, kid. You can't just be smoking inside wherever the fuck you want. Like, go outside. There, yeah. there are literally children right here. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my god. Also, wait, can you scroll back? I'm looking at Viviana's like spreadsheet, uh, like a document here. And I think after she finishes talking about something, she highlights it, but it looks like it's like redacted. It's like in black, but the text is black. So it yeah, just looks it's, like. It's, it's highlighted in dark gray so that I don't. Say I mean, it again. Because it's often like out. So I like categorize it like based off of the things that we definitely want to hit. Like I said last time, so like story, characters, and filmmaking. Uh, but sometimes your boy likes to jump around, so I don't want to, like, say it again. It's true. And, yeah. Because the last thing they want is to listen to a long podcast. <laughs> um, okay, I'm trying to think of any, anybody else that we want to talk about. So what do we think of Stryker? He's a butt face. <laughs> He's a butt face. I always like to see them when, like, actors with a capital A are in, um, like, superhero movies. <laughs> And like to see like do they phone it in or do they like really chew it up? And he mm-hmm. chew, he goes for it. He like does. he is he Brian Cox is super into it. Yeah. I I think it's really sad. Like okay, so I I mean Pete knows this, but like I recently read a book about Rosemary Kennedy, which is like one of the Kennedys that like is not often spoken about because she was like literally hidden from the world for like 20 years. Um but Stryker's relationship with his son like eerily reminds me of that situation mm, because okay. like you can see the um like, like the, the suits, cuts yeah the like cuts and like sutures of like where his father like probably like you know did some type of brain surgery to basically or, make him like, docile yeah or like some type of like uh what's it called um the oh what's it called like the a, lobotomy yeah lobotomy of some sort. Um, you know, and that's exactly what happened with Rosemary, um, you know, because she like suffered from depression and like learning disabilities. And, Which like, back then you were just nuts. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. they didn't or, know what to do. You about. know, probably like some aggravated aggression, like, I don't know. Um, but you know, so that was kind of scary seeing that and how like, he was like, you know, my son died a long time ago and now he's basically just using this like 
super powerful zombie dude who also happens to be his son to like do this evil work for him and like just like totally disregarding the fact that like he couldn't do anything like it's in him you know like giving him a lobotomy is not gonna make him not a mutant you know um to be fair jason did basically drive his mother to insanity well yes and she she that that killed herself that was not nice. Of the him. vibes were off there. That that was pretty bad. But I feel like if he... Well, he did go. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like if he went to a school like Xavier... But he did go. He did go. Shit, I don't know. I think it just means that Striker, you didn't raise him well. I just, I just <laughs> you know? feel like he needed to go well, to like but, mutant therapy No, but that's something. like... You know what? This is so great. This is literally what we were talking about before where it's like someone with Professor X's powers... Mm-hmm. But in the wrong hands. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, so and he needs to take a bath. He looks very sweaty. <laughs> and he just looks very greasy. I don't think he can bathe anymore because he, he had like a lobotomy. He's like... Oh, yeah, I That's guess. why he's in the wheelchair. But it, you know what? And I'm just now thinking about this is like in terms of the movie's like um, motif of like eluding uh, mutants with like, uh, like the LGBTQ plus community. Like... Um, you know, like conversion therapy and like all the horrible things that people have done, yeah, like, you're right. done to people in order to like make them not gay or like make them, you know, not trans or non-binary or whatever. Um, you know, it it was just like kind of sad. Like, obviously they don't really go into it a lot in the movie, but like thinking about it afterwards, it's like, very chilling. You know what? I never noticed that comparison before. And I think you're totally right where it's like the conversion therapy. Like, because that's kind of like Striker. Like, if you remember, Professor X is like, you know, I tried to help his, like, you know, like, at least we didn't help him in the way that his father wanted. Yeah. Because, like, like, they couldn't take it away or change him, right? But also, like, I feel like he couldn't really accept himself and so that's maybe why he was like kind of torturing his parents because like, he blames them for being a mutant i guess that's I guess, what he said i guess so yeah which i mean they said it was like a genetic thing passed through the guess it is i guess it's technically their fault but it's not like they were like i'm gonna have a mutant child <laughs> yeah it's not like they knew um but yeah they also weren't supportive obviously um and yeah sad face Sad face indeed. Um, okay. Anything else we wanted to talk about? Story-wise, character-wise, the filmmaking. I feel like the action's much better yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Obviously, like, CGI and green screen technology had probably come a long way. Yeah. But also, most of the fight scenes don't require a lot of green screen, like, because it's in a set as opposed to, like, we're on top of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, that was obviously, you could you could see the green screen and, yeah. like, the difference between the set and, like. You know, um, I do like, what's his name? Uh, Calypso, Colosso. Colossus? Colossus. Calypso. <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> I also thought it was funny when, um, <laughs> his conversation, was, oh, yeah. <laughs> his one line in the film, um, but also like, it was a conversation with, uh, Wolverine and he was like, I can help you. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, help them. And he was like, okay. <laughs> okay it was like it was like 
<laughs> it was just very macho, like was... two two dudes being dudes. <laughs> yeah, I was like two Supermans talking or two two Batmans or something like with the you know like oh, I can help you. It's okay, help them. They need you. Okay, I will. It's like, okay. Like, we, we all don't need to sound like that. And then he went into the, like, the little hallway. He was like, eee! He was all scared. <laughs> like the little Uzi, like the wee! Also, where did they go? Like, if... if Just the... escaped. It's like secret tunnels probably out of the facility. Secret tunnel! <laughs> yeah. Secret tunnel! No, yeah, but like, tunnel. did they run away, like, through the forest? Because the last group that got out, like, you know, like, Rogue and all them, uh, they stole a car. Well, stole. I don't... Quote, I don't know. We never see. Yeah, I was wondering about that because, like... They clearly survive. They're all barefoot and stuff. Also, okay... I know I said I wouldn't go back, but you know Mystique has to be cold. <laughs> She's ass naked, walking in around snow. in the snow. No <laughs> shoes, no beanie, no gloves, no nothing on we're, her titties. You know what I'm we're, saying? Like <laughs> we're joking, but like assuming that was real snow, it was what like the actress was probably really cold. Yeah. <laughs> though actually, maybe not though, because she had so much shit on her that like. But maybe was, it was it like? Thick stuff, or was it like makeup, or was it like prosthetics? It was probably some prosthetics because it's like kind of scaly, right? Yeah. yeah, some kind of some something that know. isn't just like yeah. <laughs> but then, but then Logan also was carrying that little boy that he was saving, and uh, like the one with like the lizard tongue or whatever. And this obviously, this kid was woken up by SWAT or FBI or whoever they were um in the middle of the night kid didn't have any shoes on it's fucking snowing outside they're in canada right it gets cold and he's like oh i'm gonna go talk to striker and like give him a last give him a piece of my mind hurrah, you know? but he brings the boy with him he brings the boy with him the boy ain't got no to- ain't no shoes on his toes his toes are gonna fall off from hypothermia i also like how he's just like sitting there he's just like hello <laughs> he's he- like um i don't feel comfortable being part of this conversation <laughs> Like, if he's part lizard, you know he's cold-blooded. You know he's cold. <laughs> you know he's cold. He does not have regenerative properties like, like Wolverine does. I just think that was a little unethical. It was a little rude. He should have just put him down and then, like, let him waddle away into the plane. I guess so. I don't know. And the world may never know. The world may never know. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's talk about the critical reception. No, um, hold on. You Whoa. Have, whoa, you have more trivia? Yeah, I have so much trivia. <laughs> okay. Well, I've only told you one trivia piece. You told me like two. Oh, well, I have more than two. So, <laughs> all right. These, these are, like I said, I try to pick up the trivia that I just made me go like, what? <laughs> um, Again, these are from IMDb, so I cannot verify any of these. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if I did some work, I could, but I'm not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> On The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, Hugh Jackman related a story about something that happened during the filming of the Weapon X flashback scene. While he was filming the corridor run in which he was nude and backlit, he turned the corner and saw the female cast members and also James Marsden's mother waiting for him, hooting and waving dollar bills. <laughs> I, I do. I, I have to admit, I do like that uh, shot. That, that was, yeah, you, yeah, you like you, Jack. Yeah, yeah, I well, bet you Alec do. Mystique too. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, let's skip the mime thing. I already said that. Okay. 
Uh, during filming, Hugh Jackman's sister visited the set. As a joke, she was made up in Jackman's full Wolverine costume and makeup <laughs> and walked around the set. Apparently, she was very convincing as Jackman. Brian Singer was not aware that it was not Jackman in the Wolverine costume and commented of her work during shooting that he was acting very strange today. <laughs> That's so funny, especially since, like, not in every film, but, like, in a lot of films, like, for it to be noticeable, Hugh Jackman often fights himself. Like, (laughs) yeah. It's just. So maybe they should, instead of of having him play both of them, maybe they should just hire his sister. (laughs) Um, This, this one's, this isn't funny. This one's interesting. Okay. Um, So Sir Ian McKellen, Magneto, is in parentheses. Um, worked with the screenwriters to make the scene in which Bobby Drake, Iceman, uh, tells his parents he is a mutant to look more like a common gay coming out scene. This mm-hmm. is because Ian McKellen is gay. Um, if you did not know that. Nice. Um, so that was kind of interesting that they kind of were, and then that's also interesting. But not because Brian? Because of this, Brian, oh, Brian's also gay. No, I know, but I, I would, as the director, would he not, you know, guess, step up? I don't not? know if Brian was out. Oh, okay. I don't. I'm not saying he wasn't. I just. I have no idea. Yeah. Whereas E. McKellen, that's kind of like, like that was like well known. Okay. But okay. also, I mean, maybe just like another perspective. Yeah. Okay, that's true. Um. Okay. Uh, this one is this one's wild. Okay. <laughs> so Chuck Austin, who has written extensively for the character of Nightcrawler, like I guess in the comics, revealed on the DVD that he was asked if there was anything he knew about the character that nobody else did. He suggested that just like the character has two fingers on each hand and two toes on each hand, he also has two sets of genitals. <laughs> Wait, but no, he has three fingers. I maybe in the comics he has. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe he only has Cause, two. Because in the in the. Film, well, I think maybe two fingers and a thumb. Yeah, and a thumb. Oh. But but thumb is not a finger, so technically. It's an appendage. Yeah. Okay, that's. So, he's got two dongs. Nice. <laughs> Good for him. Wait, so does he have like four balls? That that's a lot. To keep in there. Oh, right. Yeah. That's <laughs> four, a- two, two sacks, <laughs> four testes. That's a lot swinging around. One, one incredible night. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ew. <laughs> this one, okay. I'm going to, this one is weird. It's, it's like not really an interesting trivia fact, but I'm going to explain why I put it. Sure. After I read it. When Rogue is shirtless in Bobby's bedroom, Anna Paquin was topless, but only her bare shoulders were seen. Anna Paquin, Anna Paquin wouldn't go fully nude on screen until the television series True Blood, in which she started at Sookie's Stackhouse. The reason why I included this is, because I think, I'm pretty sure the IMDb trivia, like, are, is user submitted. Okay. Someone cared about this so much, like, <laughs> trying to track... When was when was she finally topless? <laughs> no. That they were like, now she was topless, but unfortunately we did not get to see the nip. As we established last time, it only counts if you see the nipple. Like they yeah. say in Mean Girls, it only counts if you see the nipple. <laughs> but like, that does sound like a weird thing for someone to think about. But like, okay, so I'm watching Game of Thrones right now. And- <laughs> Like, for the first time. I believe True Blood was also an HBO show. So it's like, HBO is just about... No, 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 I know. But what I was going to say is that there were, like, a lot of child actors, right? Including, like, Sophie Turner and and Maisie Williams, right? And, like, you... I feel like there are certain things in the plot or, like, how things are played out for them to, like, not be in those situations. At least, like, in the earlier seasons. Um, 
mm-hmm. just so that like because they're children you know like even if you may want to like do some weird scene or whatever i don't know whatever you want um you you can't do that that's 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 your business because they are children yeah so well brian singer well you know to be fair anna paquin was like 18 i think when they filmed the first movie so she's not she's meant to be younger but she's but the actress is not like underage or anything okay well but still like the the character yeah for sure um again this one's not super funny but i found this interesting um, when Pyro attacks some police cars, the original idea was that Storm would douse the flames by bringing on the rain. Mm. However, this proved to be too costly, so the idea was hatched to use Rogue instead. This was a um, for, um, like fortuitous decision, as it enabled the writers to create a character-defining scene where Rogue actually takes ownership of her own powers. And that's something I think was really strong, because again, like we talked about last week, She's kind of sidelined a lot of, in, in most of this franchise. Mm. Um, so to kind of get to see her have that moment where she, you know, she's you, she's having agency over her powers where she's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take someone's powers. I'm like, stop this. I'm gonna stop this. And then she also still has Icewind's powers for a little bit. So she like douses the fire. Mm. Um, so I really liked that scene. I didn't know that that was the reason. Like, I really liked that. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the, the damn... And the all those cop cars and the explosives really, you know, racked up the budget. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like fake rain would be easy to do, but maybe not. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because it's such a big open space. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Um, but that's all the trivia I got. So why don't we now go to critical reception? You were very eager. I thought you were done. I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't realize. No, absolutely not. Okay, well, now I'm done. Um, <laughs> so it has an 85% Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. So it's certified fresh. The critics' consensus is tightly scripted, solidly acted, and impressively ambitious. X2, colon, X-Men United, <laughs> is bigger and better than its predecessor and a benchmark for comic sequels in general. Um, so it was pretty well received at the time. Um, you know, much like the first one. Um, the letterbox score, which again, I think is a better reflection of the contemporary opinion, okay. um, is only a 3.4. So only 0.1 higher. I think huh. that's way too low. <laughs> you know, I'm not saying it's, it's a At five out of five. At least 3.5. No, but you, but seriously, you know what I mean? I don't know why I was like, no. <laughs> okay. I think I'm a little boy. <laughs> you're going to make their ears bleed. <laughs> the audio is bopping, probably. Quiet but you know what I mean? I feel like this is like a pretty great movie. Um, and, and and let's talk a little bit about like, you know, the critics consensus on Rotten Tomatoes references how it's like a benchmark for comic sequels in general. Mm-hmm. So how do you think this, um, you know, how do you think this um, does as being a sequel? You know, like, you know, I think it's a good movie, but how is it as a sequel? Um, I would say it's on par with like the second Back to the Future. Like it, it just like ups the ante so much more. Mm -hmm. And I think it, I think pretty, it does pretty well. Well, I, I understand your reasoning. However, I think Back to the Future 2 is like far inferior to the first Back to the Future. Well, if you were to say it was not. <laughs> I see what you're saying that it like in terms of the the scope of the story. Uh, yeah, I, that in comparison, the original almost seems really small. Yeah. And this one, this one's about <laughs> thirty minutes longer than the first one. 
Okay. You know, and it feels like more of like a, like watching the, watching the first one, I remember during, and we also talked about on the episode last week, we were like, it surprisingly not much to the story. Mm -hmm. There's a lot to the story. Like it, it feels like a full story with like a full arc and everyone kind of has something to do or, or kind of their arc. Yeah, there's definitely, like, a lot more steps in order to get, like, in order to reach their goal. Whereas, like, in the first one, it was pretty straightforward for the most part. The first one was very uneven, the plot. like the Yeah, where, like, now, like, the team is, like, kind of broken up in a way. Because, like, Cyclops is with Professor X. And then, uh, you know, uh, Jean Grey has to go with Storm and, like, get Nightcrawler and then Wolverine... Yeah. whatever wolverine does and then like, you know like everyone's kind of doing their own thing so there's like more steps to the process yeah. like oh we have to go rescue the kids oh uh you know i'm gonna tie this bad guy here i have to go back for my friends oh there's water coming oh there, there there's just like more yeah. there's more trials and tribulations mm-hmm. and um and that's classic with, like, the second film in a, you know. And, you know, while this is the X-Men franchise, and I've, I've made it very clear that this is not about trilogies. <laughs> this is ostensibly, it's a, this is, like, the second part of a trilogy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um, and, and the second part of a trilogy is often the darker kind of uh, episode, so to speak. Okay. And um, the Brian Singer and the writers specifically cited another second installment of a trilogy, mm-hmm. which is darker... And the heroes kind of get split up. Do you know what I'm thinking of? Beatmen. No. <laughs> the Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Uh, right? Which is kind of like... Rise. Which, <laughs> short of The Godfather Part 2, mm-hmm. it was like that in Empire Strikes Back that, was, that made it like, oh, sequels can actually be not only just as good, but better than the original. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And because before that, most of them were usually just cash grabs. Yeah. Um, not always, but it was usually not a like lot of most of the times, especially in that era of filmmaking. Yeah. Um, so I feel like this kind of feels similar where it's like, for me, this is, is I, I've said this about 800 times. It, it feel, <laughs> the first one was a warm up for this movie that they yeah. really, the cast, the Brian Singer, the writers, they kind of took what they learned from the first one yeah. and was like, okay, let's now take it to the next level. Because it's, I, I would say that it's, pretty risky to have a little bit more complicated uh plot in the first installment because like we're not as familiar with the characters because the first one has all has to do the work of like not only telling a story yeah but setting up the world yeah characters like if whereas this one it could just hit the ground running like if this was the first one i would not know who was who yeah (laughs) because this one we literally like five minutes into the movie mm-hmm. like we we're like seeing all the characters like basically like the inciting incident has already happened within like five minutes of the movie uh yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what i mean because like they well that's i guess the inciting incident is really like the is nightcrawler no i would say the inciting incident is more like when the mansion gets breached Oh, uh, yeah. Right, that's, that's the moment where our characters like their world is forever like like they have to address this problem now yeah, yeah. um but but yeah, I just, I just, I can't say enough good things about this movie. Like, it's pretty awesome. Is there anything that we didn't like about it? I don't think we've said anything we didn't really like. And mm. I would say the only thing I didn't like is just that it just, you know, 
it, it's just held back, I guess, a little bit by the genre. Like, it's obviously not Citizen Kane or The Godfather. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but I think for for both the time mm. and today, mm-hmm. it does a really good job of balancing, like, this is a really great superhero story, but also, like, a good movie. Yeah. On its own. I think it's really well directed. Well, ed- same as, like, I think it's the same as the first one. It's just better. Well, well directed, directed, well shot, well edited. Um... The fighting is a lot better. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean... The only thing I don't like about this movie is how the potential... It's the same problem I have with Empire Strikes Back. Uh-huh. Is that the only problem I have with it is... This isn't even the movie's fault. Is that the potential that this second installment sets up for a third movie mm-hmm. is completely mishandled. Mm-hmm. I'm a very outspoken... What is? What? What did you just say? <laughs> I zoned down. You zoned. Oh. No, I just I just missed that one word. The the potential is squandered. Oh yeah. Like like I'm I'm, a, I'm pretty outspoken about not really being a huge fan of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> but Return of the Jedi is by far much better than the third X Men movie. To be fair, but but it's like the same problem where it's like th- watching this like I'm like fuck yeah like let's get to the third one and then it's like gets all bungled it just gets all like well, mishandled as we know the third one is really the only one that i that you remember that and like wolverine origin story yeah well, ladies and gentlemen during this movie she once again asked me wait is this the one where this happens i was like that's the third one <laughs> we're probably gonna be watch- we're gonna watch the third one so we'll know everything that's in the third one We'll be watching, like, another movie in the franchise. You'll be like, is this the one? But I'm like, that's the third one. We just watched it. Six movies later. Yeah, it's like six movies later. It's like, we, you know, we just saw this. You know it's the third one. <laughs> um, I think the only thing that I would say that I don't like... Okay, so this is, this is going to be confusing for your brain because you go a lot off of, like, ratings and stuff, but... No, no, I don't go off of ratings. I just okay. go off my own opinion. Okay, well, a lot of times you, you bring in the ratings. Well, okay, ladies, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> hold on. I will not be maligned. Ladies and gentlemen, I feel very strongly that it's really, like I said last week, it's hard to put, like, to objectively evaluate art. Mm-hmm. I don't care what other people think. If I think a movie is amazing, everyone thinks so. One of my favorite movies is The Boss Baby. Okay? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And I only thought Parasite was pretty good. Okay? Like, I'm not afraid to feel what I feel and think what I think. <laughs> but if I'm trying to find a new movie to watch, I'll take a look at what the, the letterbox score is because that's a good <laughs> statistical indicator of the chances of me liking the movie. It has been right. It's been wrong. Okay. Whereas Vivian just goes, like, closes her eyes and goes, like, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. So, so from her perspective, I'm sure it seems like I'm super obsessed with the ratings. I just don't want to waste two hours of my life watching a movie that's awful. If, if it has a 1.3 on Letterboxd, it's probably not going to be a masterpiece. What's wrong with Home on the Range and Shark Tale? Those are my favorite movies. I... Shark Tale. Come, you gotta tell me, Shark... Look me in my eye and tell me that Shark Tale. <laughs> Look you in your eye. It's not a good movie. It's. Can you just go on? Can you just? What were you gonna say? It's an amazing. About movie. the confusing for me. See? You're very passive aggressive. Shh, it's. Shh. I know it's gonna be. I know you. Your little ratings brain can't understand. You, if you would shut up, you would know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm gonna. She, ladies and gentlemen, she gave me a CBD lollipop. I, I'm getting stressed. I'm gonna start sucking it. <laughs> Cause he's a sucker. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Okay. You're gonna make me forget what I said. Okay. Um, so the only thing, like I said, that I kind of wish was a little bit more there 
Yeah, it tastes kind of weird. That's why I did. Yeah, sorry. That's, I'm that's making why, a weird face. That's why I had the gummies. Um, is the tension, right? So if you take a look at um, the Edward Norton uh, uh, Hulk, you know, the tension between, you know, his relationship with, with um, you know, Stephen Tyler's... Uh, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Um, also known as Betty... Betty something? Cooper? No, not Betty Cooper from Riverdale. <laughs> no. I think I want to say Betty Ross, but then I, maybe I'm just thinking of Betsy Ross. <laughs> no, okay. Anyways, so Edward Norton, right, Hulk, he loves Liv Tyler, right? But Liv Tyler's fake dad, who's like runs the military or whatever, he does not like Edward Norton because... I don't know why, because I guess he's a square. Because he's a Hulk. But also he's a Hulk. Does he know that, yes. though? Okay, he knows that. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of tension there. I'm not going to eat the lollipop. Okay, I'm sorry oh, for interrupting okay, you. Okay, no one cares. So there's a lot of tension there, right? Whether you would like to say it's a good or a bad movie, I mean... I, I, think, I think it's okay. It, I like it. I it's fine. It's a, it's a good movie. I like it. I don't know. But anyways, um, you know, I, I feel like that gives it another layer another flavor right so the fact that like there are a lot of things that are unaddressed like what i said earlier or like even um you know kind of a little bit more development or maybe like falling out even of of a you know a strong relationship uh between like cyclops and jean gray like some some something right you want a little <laughs> bit more dysfunction yeah, a little, a little bit. A, There's a little, a little bit. Yeah, just to show that, like, you know, they are Like, when the going humans. gets tough, like... Yeah, like, when the going gets tough, like, are you going to kind of start... Not betraying each other, betraying each other, like, like becoming, like... Like, when you're in a high-stress situation, like, you know, like, you start doubting one another and you... I guess so. Or, like, they come together despite their differences, you know? And it's, like, it's, it's difficult because, you know it's there and they feel it and they acknowledge it right because i think it is there it's just not being acknowledged right um so if they acknowledge it but then also like okay we still got to work together like to you know save the world or whatever um yeah mm-hmm. that's what I, that's all i got that's well that's pretty good high praise in that that's really all you could think of yeah yeah um i'm sorry for, I, i'm sorry i kept interrupting you <laughs> um it's, it's the muted group theory. I was trying to put it into effect and see what would happen. Wow. <laughs> Inappropriate. Um, all right. Well, then, um, we've already kind of talked about this, but any other thoughts on, you know, how it kind of builds on the franchise? It's kind of hard to talk about. It's just only two movies, but. No. Awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it's like basically just like this thing, but better. <laughs> yes. Okay. So if you could pick a favorite part, It'd be favorite scene, favorite section, favorite character, favorite line. What would it be? <laughs> what do you think it'll be? <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be someone who has bluebies. <laughs> well, I would say, first off, probably Blue Devil or Nightcrawler, I guess, if you want to go with that one. Even though a Nightcrawler is a worm that's used for fishing, but whatever. <laughs> that's why I say Blue Devil. Anyways. Um, and and it's also a Jake Gyllenhaal movie. Yes, it is. Which a lot of people, I think, thought it was related to the comics, and it is absolutely zero to do with, with <laughs> X-Men. So we got Nightcrawler. We got Mystique. Of course, OG. She, it's like every movie, she has a new yeah. profound skill that... Ma'am, 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 ma'am. 
takes I said part. I, Singular. I hold on. I got three. Um, <laughs> I said one. So you know, it's like each movie she's got like a new skill that probably would take someone like ten years to like yeah. study and fully develop. Yeah. But in the next one, she's gonna be really good at web design. She's going to be a coder. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then also, oh man, I forgot. Yo. Yogurt. Eureka. Eureka. Like Eureka, but Eureka. Eureka. Or Eureka. Eureka. Right? <laughs> sure. That, that's easier to say it like that. Like when you. Okay. And also Eureka because I, um, I just really think that it's cool that you know, her nails and everything. Cause not only is it like nails, it's not just like in her knuckles, but also it's, she's got five, right? Five fingers. So. Well, four and a thumb. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Eight fingers and two nubs. I don't know. Um, but so she has like more than, um, you know, Wolfie. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. I think she's pretty cool. I think she's pretty awesome. That's amazing. So which of those is your favorite? Oh, those are my top. Do you I favorite part those singular. Are my, those are my top three guys. It's a tie. Man, you're you're breaking. I'm gonna have to call the police. <laughs> you're breaking the rules. Okay. Okay. A cab. My my favorite part is I think all of like the White House stuff in the beginning because mm. it. I remember like literally like we started and it's such a Scandalous. slap in the face to you like like a, like a cool like cold water. Like compared to the first movie, which I think is like kind of boring in parts. Like mm -hmm. this movie starts off so intense. Yeah, yeah. It's like probably the best action scene in like any superhero movie or at least one of them. Yeah. I like um, it how they're like, we don't know how many mutants like there are. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah but it's literally just one guy. Just the music is awesome. <laughs> he's, he's awesome. <laughs> he's using his tail as another hand to hand him a dagger. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just pretty awesome. Okay, so we've come to this part of the episode. Because I'm just so obsessed with ratings. <laughs> what would you rate this one out of ten? Um, probably like an eight or nine, I guess, because we gave the we gave the last one a seven. Yeah. So. Well, here's what you can think of it this way. The way again, in terms of this rating system that I use, mm -hmm. it's more like categories, right? So there's mm -hmm. plenty of movies that I'll give like a seven to, but I don't think they're all the same level of quality. Hmm. But an eight is definitely better than a seven. Do you know what I mean? Like, no, but you see what I mean? Like, yes. <laughs> like so sometimes there's like low sevens and high sevens, yes, yes, you know? Yes, so, so just because it's better than the first doesn't mean like, oh, it then has to be an eight. I mean, yeah, you can get a 72 on a test or you can get a 77 on the test, you know? Yeah. Makes so, sense. so what do you, so you, what do you want to say? Eight? Mm, what do you want to do? I don't know. Seven? Yeah, let's do the thing. Would you say it's like one of your favorite movies? That's why I feel like great. <laughs> eight, like an eight is like that's great. Like it's a movie that like I want to own. I want other people to see it. Maybe like eight or eight or eight and a half. That's pretty high. Well, it has to be higher than seven. No, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't have to be higher than seven. That's what I'm saying. Well, I would not put them on the same par. I th no, I but that's what I'm saying is that just because they're both seven, they're in the same category. Meaning, like, it's a movie that's solid. Eight, that's done. It's okay. I just want to make sure you understand the rating system. Were you zoning out when I explained it? No. Again? What? Oh. What? Did, what is yours? Oh, eight. Why are you comp? 
copying me. I'm not copying you. I knew that as soon as we started watching it. I love this movie. Viviana doesn't know how to use this rank system. She really needs a seven because it's not really one of her favorite movies, but this is one of my favorite movies. I loved it as a kid. It holds up. Um, I'm really, really impressed. Um, and I'm glad that we won't see another Brian Singer film for a while. Well, I would... Because he doesn't direct the next one. He doesn't direct one until Days of Future Past. They bring him back like 10 years later. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we get London to it. London one, right? Paris. Paris one. Is that the one with the bridge? <laughs> no, that's the next one. Oh, that's the next one? Oh, okay. <laughs> I've I only seen two movies in my life, so I don't know what. Yeah, so we're, why don't you you go first? Yeah, well, that's, that's it for this week's episode of Now That's What I Call a Franchise. Next week, we'll be watching the next film in this franchise, the 2006 film. X-Men, colon, The Last Stand. Vivian, where can they find us? Well, I would say this is the one that I remember the most, so I'm pretty excited. But you guys can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Franchise Podcast. We know you have many podcasting options, and we thank you for choosing us. Peace out, guys. Later, Gators. Later, Gators.